Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 138 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, uh, wherever you are, um, and for your support on liking posts and putting up with my little singing videos and stuff like that. Um, that's basically just, I mean, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but it's about, like, doing the podcast was putting myself out of my comfort zone, but I'm quite comfortable in it now, so that's kind of putting myself outside of my comfort zone. I think we all need to do that from time to time anyway. It's not a bad thing. Um, and if you don't want to listen to it, just don't. It's all right. But listen, uh, enough about me. Uh, I want to also thank my last guest, uh, Paul Green, came on. He talked about botany and plants and flora. And a really interesting uh, uh, guest and really interesting topic because I had no idea really about that kind of stuff. But I know it, it means a lot to a lot of people for their their uh, mental health and mindfulness and things like that. You know, plants and being out in the garden and stuff. So. It was really nice to have him on. It was very uh, relaxed and interesting conversation. If you haven't listened to that, go back. Episode 137. This week, my guest is a life coach and a host of Changes Key podcast, Shane Connolly. How are you doing? Good, Derek. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. I just want to let people know that I was on your podcast and we will be talking about the podcast. So we do. We have chatted before, which makes it kind of, mm. probably, I don't know, makes it a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, little bit, well, it depends. Actually, I'm going to ask you. As 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 a host and a guest, because it's an interesting dynamic. Like the the when I am hosting, I don't know if it's because I'm uh, like you know the one. It's it's my podcast would say, and I'm the one asking questions. I'm obviously feel a little bit more comfortable and confident. Like when I'm a guest on a podcast, I feel a bit sometimes I feel a bit weird. Yeah, I know what you mean, but at the same time, I think I find when I'm when I have a guest on, or when I'm even doing a solo episode or whatever, um, you kind of I don't know. I'm conscious of not going on and on too much whereas when you're the guest you kind of a license to to chat away and because it's the episode is kind of about the guest you know what I mean yeah no and that's yeah that's and that's 100% and I think you know I've only been on a, a few but like the, there was only one that I was on that I was just a little bit felt a little bit um I don't know felt a bit uncomfortable uh I don't know if my anxiety was was up that day or what it particularly was but and it wasn't anything the host is doing it was in my head you know and when when you get when you get into that kind of headspace I think you will second guess everything you're saying. You you yeah. won't allow yourself to ramble on a little bit about a topic. You will you'll kind of put like restrictions on what you're saying, and then the more you do that, you get yourself into this kind of a mess, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, <laughs> mentioning some. I think you mentioned this to me before as well. Sort of, you said when you were doing some solo episodes, you felt like apologizing to people. Sorry, <laughs> I'm no guest this week. It's kind of like that because yeah. when I do a solo episode again you might be conscious of kind of going on and on too much and I was scrolling through my list of episodes the other day um seeing like kind of just reminding myself I guess some guests I had on maybe a while ago that I might have maybe forgotten about or whatever um and I was looking at some of the length of the solo ones and I'm like how could how can you someone sit there and talk for half an hour on, on their own like that's yeah it seems mental but but once you get into it and start talking you kind of just you're having to look at the time then and go, geez, I better stop. People are yeah. going to be bored. My, you know? my dad says that like about, you know, it is very difficult to sit there and talk for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it might be. Um, But like you said, once you get into the flow of a subject matter that you want to talk about, it does become a lot easier then. It's just that kind of the initial entrance into it. You kind of think, who wants to know about this? But like, there's always somebody, I guess, you know, but um, like, let's, let's get into it. Cause we, we always start with the same uh, couple of questions. Shane. Um, could you give us a short history of your upbringing, please? Yeah, so it was it's fairly normal. It's not nothing kind of um, nothing to make a movie about, you know. It's fairly normal. Like it was um, when I was growing up, it was um, 
and I was actually talking to my cousin uh, recently about this. He was always over at our house, or or we were at his, just wall to wall football. That's all it was, morning, noon, and night, playing it, playing FIFA, watching it, just a cycle of football. Yeah. Um, going to school, trying to get there a little bit early so you could play football before school started. <laughs> Running out for break to play football. You know, that's all it was. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my outlet. I suppose my kind of um way of like kind of expressing myself I wasn't hugely confident like in class or anything although I was mostly a good student you know I wasn't kind of I wouldn't be someone who would kind of um like first to put their hand up for an answer even I'd be the person who knows the answer but is afraid that I've it's wrong do you know what I mean I know the answer and even if, if other people don't know it there's a part of my mind that will go I don't know what if you put your hand up and it's wrong what yeah. if you've you know, and then you, you you make a show of yourself. You know, I'm still like um, that. Yeah, which is it's not it's kind of not right now. I've, I'm not. I'd be much more confident now than I was then. Like, but, um, but, yeah. I, I but I, I was I was good in in school. At the same time, like you know, I would I would always get kind of good enough results. Um, although I put <laughs> in secondary school, I kind of decided quite early. I'm not good at these subjects. I'm good at these ones, and that's it. That's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah. I kind of I was awful at maths. Absolutely hated it. Um, but liked um, English and uh, I was quite into history. English, especially writing. Um, even now, like I write stuff. Even sometimes just for myself, or I'll show like one or two people or whatever. Um. Whether that's, I mean, even like a, the newsletter that I do, or it could be, um, I, I, did, I wrote a short story that I sent to one of my friends. Um, you know, so st- I was always into that stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm glad that I've kept that up. Um, so, yeah, fairly normal, like fairly, um, like again, myself, my two brothers, um, playing football, watching football. Um, well, that sounds, you know, similar enough to mine because I like I've said two brothers as well, and it was a lot of football in our house as well, you know. Yeah, you kind of you kind of didn't have a choice. Now I, I would have still made the same choice if I had one, but dad, um, being so into football and and his brothers, you know, you just you just kind of grew up around it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a big enough backyard at home, like where all you could that's all you could really do, like was play football, and in the countryside too, like so in Calvin, so. Um, there was no like some of my friends that I live in Minute now, like and some people I know from who are originally from here, like talking about their childhood running around the estate or stuff like that. Even that's kind of a bit mad to me, like because yeah. if I wanted to go to the cousin I was talking about, if we wanted to go to his house, it was about an hour of a walk or say whatever, however much of a cycle, usually would cycle. Um, do you know? So we didn't have the kind of like your parents send you running to the shop or yeah. Um, I'm just going down the road to my friend's house, or whatever. Like, or you know, so it was kind of, um, yeah. You just had to sort of, I suppose, find your own like games to play, things yeah. to do. You know, um, like again, be a lot of a lot of hours of sitting up playing the PlayStation, playing FIFA, playing whatever. Yeah. Um, it sounds nice though. It sounds like idyllic yeah. kind of stuff, you know. And you can't really yeah. complain. I mean, I've heard so many so many different stories off the back of this question, you know, that like some are really, really hard hitting and stuff. And obviously it's much nicer to hear that people enjoyed themselves and had a, a nice childhood. Um, so kind of off the back of that chain, like um, when did you first become aware of mental health? I think um, I, I was thinking about this because I know you said, you said this to me in advance. And the first thing I thought of was I'll say um, 
only in like the last couple of years, like properly aware of it. But then I was like, no, actually, if I go back to secondary school, um, because, you know, when I was talking about the results I might have got or whatever, at the start of secondary school, I didn't do that well with results and, and tests and stuff because I found, I actually found the, the bridge from primary school to secondary school quite tough. And I don't know many people who who talk about that. I'm sure others found it the same way, but I don't really know people who kind of, who, who I guess, talk about that. But my my primary school, again, in the countryside was so small. It was, when I like, when I finished in sixth class, it was 50 in my school. Then you're suddenly going to secondary school where there's like 100 and something in my year. Yeah. That was a massive jump, like, and this idea of like going, changing classroom every whatever, 45 minutes. All these new teachers, tons of people, you know, suddenly you have a locker, even stuff like that. Yeah. It was all just like, what, you know, because like in primary school, it was in sixth class, it was me, four other lads, and I think four girls. That was my sixth class. So just five lads, four girls, the five lads would go play football, the four girls would talk about whatever they talk about <laughs> or do whatever they do. And um, so so that was just our own little kind of group, our own little sort of group of friends or whatever. Like um, even I remember like in, in school, um, primary school, we used to go, uh, used to be swimming, I think every like second week or something like that. On a Friday, you'd finish early, you'd go swimming. And me and the lads be like, you know, take over the back of the bus, like the back of the bus is ours, you know. Yeah. So that was like all that kind of stuff. Suddenly secondary school, you're just like tiny little first year and these yeah. walking past these six years who are massive. Um so that was kind of tough. Like and and the 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 step up obviously in, in the classes themselves and exams and everything, like I found that quite tough till I got to probably like the second half of secondary school. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that was the the first thing like where I was like and being in a school full of lads as well, 600 lads, no one, you can't talk about, like, lads yeah. are struggling with this. You, you know, it's just not, they don't, it just wasn't done. Like, um, so, and especially when, even I'm sure other lads were kind of struggling with similar stuff or whatever, but because they're hiding it so well, you're like, I must be the only one. Yeah. Do you know? So then you come out of school and then it was, I, I kind of couldn't wait to get out of school by the end of it because then the idea of college freedom Doing what I doing what you want to do and kind of having your own sort of um small group of friends again or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Uh, even though college is bigger in, in a way, it was kind of like it's a little bit. Di- yeah, there's a difference, and I mean, there's a difference in between all. But like the, the culture shock, I suppose, of of your initial move from primary to secondary of you know the tiny numbers to massive numbers. And I remember my little switch and my switch between the two, and it wasn't as dramatic as that because maybe my uh, primary school wasn't that small you know there was quite a number of kids and probably classroom of 25 26 and I remember going into the secondary school but my my brother was in that school as well so people kind of knew me uh through him and it wasn't it doesn't sound quite as a, a shift so I can't really remember the switch you know and, and that's interesting what you're saying about it maybe it's because well I'm sure you've figured this out already but that idea of a tiny group to a massive thing it's like going from a moving from a country you know a tiny village to a city and all of a sudden you're you, you're nothing like you know you're no one yeah and it's, it was almost weirdly a, a status thing too I'm just thinking this now like even even though you don't at the age of 9 10 11 or whatever in primary school you don't appreciate like things like ego or status or things like that but now in hindsight it probably was like, um, like again, I go back to football because that was the what everything revolved around back then. Um, 
I was like, that's where I got my confidence from. Mm-hmm. I always felt I was quite good at it. So that was where my, the, the, the bit of confidence I had would come from. So that was another shift as well, where you're going in, going from this small yard where like, you feel like, you know, you feel like you're one of the best players there. I mean, you're playing football, like then suddenly you go to this massive GA pitch or, or football pitch in secondary school where you're you're not gonna you're not gonna stand out as much. You're in a in the middle of a load of lads playing football, and but also you're you're like I'm even gonna be able to get to play football because there's so many lads. And like in first year, you're never gonna obviously kick fifth or sixth years off a football pitch yeah. and say we're playing. So that was another thing as well. Um, and I didn't I probably didn't anticipate all of that stuff when I was uh, going making that switch to secondary school. But um, but then yeah, through after that through college, it was kind of mostly fine like and and kind of up until i mentioned like the last couple of years till i really started to properly understand what mental health was what well-being was um and and had a kind of a a fairly difficult last couple of years um even covid aside like just Mm -hmm. kind of personally um so it was kind of yeah it's kind of gone it's kind of happened in stages you know yeah and and that's like and i it's we talked about it before on a podcast where I don't know if it was this one or, or I don't know if it even was your one. It might have been someone else's. But the whole idea of trying to bring it into schools is very, very important. And, I, you know, I, I think that's a huge thing that needs to be stepped up a little bit. But um, so why did you want to become a, a life coach? Well, this is kind of, you know, like I said, over the last couple of years, you know, kind of gone through a few different things. So the the motivation was after going through my breakup. Um, I have a, a long-term relationship. I went to see a life coach after that because I was just didn't know like what to do. I was also at a bit of a crossroads career-wise as well. Um, so I was I was just kind of lost overall, like and um, and this was when was this? Would have been twenty early twenty twenty one. So I think restrictions were just starting to, um go through the kind of come down in levels wherever it was level five was no one knows what it was. It was, yeah it was starting to kind of change whatever so you could do more things but but I still just felt like stuck and lost and like couldn't do anything or whatever so I went to see that life coach who was great Um, she helped me out a lot gave me lots of like tips I knew I needed but didn't know I could access if you know what I mean skills I didn't know I could access things I didn't know I could do um and then because I was at the kind of crossroads um, in my career, like I would talk before on my podcast about uh, doing criminology before I was tutoring, I was doing different kind of research projects and stuff like that. And it was it was very interesting and enjoyable. I just found the kind of academic system, unless you're absolutely ruthless to get like PhD funding and, and continue with that. Um, then it's not it's it's kind of it might not be sustainable as a career mm-hmm. um, and at that stage after the breakup and all I was like I'm not sure even if I someone get, gave me funding I'm not sure I'd want to go through four years of um, of a PhD of that hard, hard slog and the funding is, is kind of famously low as well even mm-hmm. if you get a scholarship um, so all of that was going on so I went back to the, my life coach after I think three sessions and I was like, I actually, I, I'm so into this that I like. Can, I wonder. I'm, I'm starting to think I could do it myself. Like, and she was like, Yeah, why not? Definitely. And gave me a lot of encouragement about that, and showed me the course that she had done. And um, she was like, Oh, I think you'd be definitely suited to it, and on all this, like, so 
and I was like, I feel like this is just now kind of perfect timing. So I, I went for it. Uh, uh, there's a, a thing, sorry, Shane, to kind of, because this is an interesting thing for me because uh, when I, maybe when I started the podcast, I didn't know what a life coach was, you know, I know uh, maybe I'd heard, heard of it. I I can't really remember, obviously, but um, how did you know about life coaches? Where did you hear about it? Well, funny enough, my ex said she went to one too at the time. Right. And I was, just, but I was the same as you. I was like, I don't, I don't, what, what is that? Like, what's, what's a life coach? So how she got onto it, I don't know. Maybe she, maybe she just fired it into Google or something. I'm not sure. But, um, so, so she, she ironically kind of planted the idea. Like, so, um, so then I looked up, I came across this website then that lists, um, coaches and, and kind of breaks down into like, if you want to kind of help with your career go to this one if you want help with such and such go to this one um so but yeah I was the same as you couldn't have told you what it was what they did you know and I'm finding now as I'm talking to people about it a lot of people are still like that where they don't fully understand what a coach does or or they think maybe it's the same as counseling which is not or mm. they think you know um someone said to me uh or, or sorry not I heard someone saying um a while ago like kind of so why would you need a coach a life coach like when you can that though the things they they advise you to do are things you can do already and i was kind of going but sure by that logic nobody needs a pt like no needs anything go, just go to the gym like <laughs> yeah nobody needs uh you know nobody needs a financial advisor yeah right, you know so it's that kind of but but it's kind of it's quite new so that's why people think that way that they're just they're not kind of fully on board with it yet you know yeah and like it's interesting what you said about the because again n- not really known the idea of you know if you want to go see a therapist there's like new music therapists and art therapists there's different ways of of tapping into what you want you know sorted or want help with and i didn't realize um that with life coaches you know there is a specialty obviously then in in certain things that you could be helped with yeah and it's it's kind of it's i suppose it's up to yourself i suppose as a coach to to kind of carve your niche out a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, that woman I, I I went to see as a coach. I, I you know she um, I was her client. She um does most of her work in in kind of career stuff, which is what I went to her for, and then ended up still talking about the breakup and all that kind of stuff and how that was affecting me. Um, but like even now, like I've, I'm I'm kind of um I find a lot of the stuff I do with people at the moment is is around like confidence or or or, or trying to gain confidence because of lack of self belief when they come to me. Um, but even though that's a kind of a, a bit of a speciality that it can still veer off into, like, I mean, I, I worked with someone recently who had, you know, her confidence was on the floor about her because she wanted to change careers and was stuck in a job she just didn't like and was kind of just doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. As in, I don't mean that in a bad way about her. I mean, as in the money was the only thing keeping her in the job. Of course. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and, um, well, had no confidence about switching career. You know, she knew she wanted to do it for a long time and, and why she wanted to do it and stuff, but really drilled into why she wanted to do it and, and what was holding her back from doing it and stuff. So that was career, but it was f- coming from confidence, you know. Then the result was more confidence and and she made that change in career um, and is now doing the job that she loves and is passionate about, which is great. So, um, but, the, but you've, find i find as well someone could come to you on on day one and say what i'm struggling with is um say you know i hate my job for example 
and you'll say okay but then the more you, you go into it and over multiple sessions you'll find it's not that you hit well okay it is you hit that you hit your job but the real issue is you've no confidence you've no self-belief even you know no one gives you encouragement that's why you feel like you can't make that jump so, you know so they, that the surface they'll say something like that but underneath it'll be something that maybe they don't even realize is going on until you've worked with them for a little while and then they go oh god geez i didn't even realize that was an issue you know yeah and and like self-belief and confidence is such a massive issue for so many people and even what you were saying about the question in school like if i if i'm in if i'm doing like jujitsu now and and martin the, the coach says you know and what what we, what we do next from here i might know the answer but i'm never the one to go at, you know and i'm like mm. 40 you know what i mean i'm older than everybody on the mats it doesn't like if i get it wrong i know that who cares doesn't matter he just mm. does it anyway and we have a bit of a laugh but it's it's that thing where because we know the fleeting nature of confidence it's, it's such a you know it can be 100% for a week you know everything you do mm. you think you're brilliant and then all of a sudden there's like this crash whatever it might do it's a tiny little thing that might set it off and uh, like I myself do not know how to change that. So that's where someone like yourself comes in where you can uh, mm. like, I'm not saying everything has to be hundred percent. It's probably a bad thing if everything's a hundred percent, you know, but there has to be a level where at least we'd not tip them below 70. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with confidence, I find confidence is one of me, one of my um, kind of, I think favorite things to talk about or, or work on with people or work on for myself because over through that whole break up my confidence was on the floor like and 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 kind of even the, even though I, I knew I'd be passionate about coaching I knew I'd want to do it because you know when you asked me about my motivation earlier it was like there's bound to be tons of people like me going through similar stuff that I went through a year and a half or whatever ago um what if I could help people like that because and there's also those there's also bound to be people who were like me who don't know what a coach is or don't know where to go looking for one I want to help people like that so that was the kind of motivation i want to be the person for them you know like my coach was to me at the time when i needed it of course, um, yeah. so confidence yeah my, I, I had no confidence through that time you know and but i found it was kind of it was a practice as i went on it was something you practice it's a skill you develop i thought i used to think it was something either you have it or you don't have it mm. like a you know like what a, i don't know like a, a birthmark you have it yeah. when you at the, at the beginning or you don't that's it you know but it's not it's, that's not true it's it's something you um develop and 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 grow as a as a practice you know so um like we're doing the podcast episode number 130 something you said mm. you're much more confident now i'm sure doing this than yeah. episode number five you know i dread to think of listening back to them i'll be honest <laughs> but you know what funny like funny you say that because um i i practice and i, I mean practice I choose that word deliberately, mm. listening back to all my episodes that I do because uh, as cringy as it might be and as kind of, you know, weird as it might be listening to your own voice, that gives me confidence because I'll go, I listen to it as if it's someone else talking to me and I'll go, you know, that's, oh, that's interesting how I ended up getting landing on that topic or that's yeah. interesting how I brought that up or that's, you know, sometimes I will go, I could have, rambled on a bit less about that or I could have you know got to the point a bit quicker there or whatever um but that gives me confidence listening to that mm. gives me I feel less cringy then when I'm going to sit down and do a podcast or do anything because then you take yeah. that confidence from something that you're good at and something you're confident yeah. in and apply it into other areas as well you know and that goes in like the self-critic is all right to be there because I mean we're always trying to develop we don't want to be as I said 100% of confidence in them thinking everything we've ever done is is incredible 
Um, have you had the the kind of because I I don't know about the line. Say if somebody presented himself to you as as someone who was feeling you know anxious or depressed and stuff. Have you ever been in the situation or or do you see this situation arise where you may have to refer them to somewhere else where you know that this might be exactly what you're uh, able to achieve with them? Yeah, I did. I actually had someone at the very beginning when I first graduated as a coach. Which, but now that's only. Uh, five, six months ago. Um, one of the very first people that came to me, I had to, uh, and, and our, our facilitators, we had two women who, who ran our course, two very good coaches. They, they reminded us several times kind of towards the end, be careful about like, it's, it's you know, don't take on every single person because, well, first of all, that dilutes the quality of your work. Mm-hmm. But, but also don't take on everyone because not everyone needs a coach some people will need like a counselor or whatever and that goes back to what i said about some people just think it's all the same so i'll just yeah. go to a coach it's the same as you know so i did have someone who i felt like their mental health was quite poor in the sense that i think i I think counseling is what you need and that's not it's kind of not an easy conversation to have where you're you don't, you don't want to seem like you're just kind of pushing them away when they need help but you, but it's also kind of you, you do need to give them that nudge towards towards mm. counselling, like where it was like, but but in a nice way where it's, it wasn't just like, no, you need counselling, bye and go. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly, it was yeah. like, you know, listen, I think maybe I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm what you need at the minute, or you know, carefully nudges them in towards counselling, and and they kind of understood where I was coming from and, and agreed with that and went. Yeah, well, of course, I mean that 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 shows, uh, you know, how genuine you are. I mean, it's very easy to kind of go. Oh no, come on in and we'll, you know, even yeah. you knowing that and letting them kind of come in and chat with them is very disingenuous and it could be like, it'd be harmful for them. So it shows a, you know, a caring side to you. Listen, in my most confident voice, I'm going to read out the advert. All right. And then we're <laughs> going to get back to it. I'll mess it up now for sure. Okay. Fusion Training Center, Monksland, Athlone, a place to train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Centre or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Centre, train like a warrior. Not bad. Very confident. Excellent. Uh, very thank good. you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, so, so talking of, because we, we've obviously mentioned the podcast already and, you know, we can kind of go into, uh, you know, setting things like this up and feeling confident and knowing we're putting ourselves out there. But like, where did the podcast idea come from? Yeah, so at first it was kind of, um, you know, we were talking about niches a little bit earlier. It was like, that, it seems quite interesting to kind of, I, I ran the idea by my facilitator or by one of them, um, Rochelle, who's um, a really, really nice woman, an excellent coach. I actually recorded um, an episode with her the other oh, evening, nice. which is going out tomorrow. Um, I ran the idea by her and I was, and she was like, that's a great idea. That can be like your kind of little hub where people go to, mm-hmm find out about you it's it's almost like you're you're giving yourself advertising in a way from a business point of view you know ramble on about coaching talk it to death so so people understand it again people don't have a great understanding of it create that understanding talk about it have guests on that are that can also talk about it from their point of view and all that kind of stuff but the main motivation at the time was and it's still the main motivation to keep doing it is my own sense of confidence from it like I said about listening back to episodes, and I and I'm the same as you. Like if I went back to episode two or three, it's probably not great compared to this episode going out tomorrow, episode yeah. thirty. You know, so, um, but I've got more confident as it's gone on. Like, and and I said this to um to a few different guests and stuff. Like, 
a year and a half ago or two years ago, that period I was talking about before, I'd run a million miles from doing a podcast, from doing a, any kind of content, putting anything out there, because I just wouldn't have had the confidence or I'd be like, who am I to put stuff out there? No one's going to listen to that or people are going to think, who is this lad think he is or all that kind of stuff. Um, But now, like I say, I've just, I've just got really confident from doing that. And, and I find that, it's kind of it's just it's like it's my little thing it's my even if people don't listen to it it's my thing that that's you know kind of of all the people I know no one else really does it and people have said that to me they're like fair play to you doing it people I know who are very still very confident would be like Jesus I don't know if I could do a podcast like Mm -hmm. so it's kind of my kind of I don't know I guess it's almost like an ego boost or something as well when you hear other people but like people would see like you know immediately if you say something like that it's an ego boost or something then people immediately kind of see this negative or whatever like but I like what when I started it was it was because of the support people gave me with the the blogs I was writing and you know mm-hmm. I thought like I'll I'll do this like and I don't know we talked about the solo stuff and the solo stuff can be, be quite liberating but also can be daunting depending on what you're what the subject you're covering but like I find sometimes with when I started going into uh interview or interviewing people who I knew nothing about the subject matter, we'll say, or, you know, or not even it doesn't have to be like you could be sitting talking to a life coach, but it's going to go off in a direction where maybe you're like, I don't know anything about this subject. But more and more as I go into those kind of topics and interviews, I find it like it's kind of it makes me it makes me nervous, obviously, because you have that in your head. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't make yourself look Mm. stupid. Like like and there's no such thing as a stupid question when you don't know you know, the answer or, or the subject matter. Do you find that like when you, when it goes off in, into little uh, areas that are, you're not comfortable with, are you getting better with that? Do you, do you still find it like a little bit um, panicky? I, I Sometimes I get panicky. That's probably the best way of putting it, but I'm getting, I'm getting there, you know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And it, it's it's natural to, to kind of um, to be, be, be a, a bit nervous or kind of conscious of that. I, I I told myself I kind of almost gave myself a bit of coaching a few episodes ago when I was I had a, um, a call with a guest coming up and I was getting ready for it and I was like I feel a bit nervous like I feel a bit like a couple of kind of you know those butterflies and stuff like yeah. that I was like, but this is episode number whatever twenty five twenty six it kind of should be past this and then I was like actually no a little I think a small bit of fear is actually good because it, one it means you care about it and yeah. you care about it going well and and two it means kind of you're 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 taking it seriously or you're kind of, you know, you're not just kind of sauntering into it going, ah, sure, look, we'll see what happens. And sure, if it's a disaster, it's a disaster. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of a little bit of fear. just kind of keep you on the edge a little bit. I think is good. I found that myself. Um, and, but I know what you mean. It, it is kind of, a, it's, 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 it is slightly daunting, even if you, you're confident and you could have, but you know what, funny enough, like I, 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 at the start, when I was starting to have guests on, because I did the first two episodes were, were solo ones. And then I had like a run of eight or nine guests in a row. And at the start, I used to do like loads of notes, like reams of notes. Mm-hmm. Like I, Then I'd be like, oh, sure, I didn't cover half of that. Like yeah. it actually made me more nervous because I was like f- flicking through sheets of paper being like, oh, have I covered that yet? What question was I going to yeah. ask there? Threw me off completely. So what I started doing was writing down like three or four bullet points. Mm-hmm. That's their career. I'll ask them 10 questions or, you know, things yeah. will come to your mind naturally to, to ask about that. Um, this is something they mentioned on social media about their past or it's something they always talk about I'll ask them about that a couple of little points and then it's, the conversation just flows Yeah, same way as, as this is with us like so yeah. um, 
and I find the, as you do that, you get kind of more and more confident. Like I, I give you an example. Like I, I had um, the boxer Gary O'Sullivan mm-hmm. on. Uh, it was a while ago. It was episode ten or eleven or something. And um, all I wrote down, I still have the sheet of paper where it was. I had I have notes at the top of it. All I wrote down was his what his record was. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the kind of standout fights he had. Just wrote the second name of his opponent. Um, and like a, a W say beside it because he he won some of his bigger fights that he won, um, and that he was from Cork. Yeah, okay. that's all he had. That's, a, that's it. Because, I think people from they, Cork will tell you. T- sorry, but I think people from Cork will tell you that's the only important thing about them is that they're from Cork because you know, <laughs> you know, my mom's from Cork. I can say that, but they are very happy that they're from Cork. Oh, they they can't wait to tell you. Yeah, <clears throat> they can't wait to go on about it. But <laughs> but um, but no, I I knew that having the, the notes that way or whatever that approach would work because first of all I was I, at that stage I was getting more and more confident doing more episodes and stuff but I but I knew um looking at that right Cork obviously his his background his childhood his upbringing whatever the, loads of different things can come off of that one mm-hmm. to- topic um his record your record is quite impressive blah 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 talk about that and he goes off about boxing I remember when you fought on the undercard of such and such. You fought on the undercard of uh, David Hay actually at one point. All oh, right. And Derek Chisora, yeah, yeah, which is really impressive. Like so, yeah. but but again, I knew asking about that, he could go off on a, a tangent about that. So I I kind of just knew that approach would work. Well, have now, you been? Su- guests, have you, you been might... surprised in yourself? Like, have you been surprised in your ability to be able to um, just write down those little things and be able to hold a conversation for for however long? You know, forty five minutes an hour. Sort of, sort of surprised, but then I think I find that as I as I do it, I'm kind of I, I find that I shouldn't be surprised really because I yeah. think it's something I'm good at. Like I think it's something. Um, there's obviously a, a skill to sitting down, even with a client, like and, and kind of. Mm-hmm. Knowing the right thing to say, <clears throat> or knowing what they need at that time, knowing where to direct the kind of conversation, stuff like that. But I, but I think it's a skill I'm, I'm just I'm kind of good at. I think it's a skill I, I, that comes comes to me, you know. Um, but but then I'm I'm happy because I think talking about confidence, I think I was explaining confidence to someone. To me, confidence is, um, like I said, a, a practice and stuff. But it's knowing what you're good at, mm-hmm. and also knowing what you're not good at. You know, I'm confident that I'm not good at whatever loads of other sports, probably nearly every other sport apart from football, <laughs> you know, um, but that's also confidence. Yeah. So um, so I can say I'm confident that having conversations like that, doing podcasts like that is something I'm good at because I know that critic can't wait to tell me the things mm-hmm. I'm not good at, you know, so. And that's that's another thing about it, like, you know, you, we, you'll get feedback from from people as well, like whether it's people close to you or, or even people I've had, you know, people I don't know uh, get in contact and not really knowing, not really knowing what to say. And I guess this kind of, this kind of arises a lot of the times when, um, I don't know how you approach this because I, I'm, I'm still trying to work it out. But if, if you have like, um, someone brings up something on the podcast that you would disagree with outside of a podcast, you know, like if someone was talking to you, you know, in your house or on the street, whatever you disagree with, I find myself that I don't want to alienate the guest because, you know, I don't want someone to turn around. Well, you know, piss off and delete this episode. And that's the end of that. Like, cause that could easily happen and it'd be up to them. But like, do you find yourself biting your tongue at any points? Like, I don't want any names or any numbers of the podcast, whatever it is, but has there been moments where you've had to bite your tongue a little bit? Um, 
I don't think there's been major ones. I don't think mm. there's been um, there's been maybe one or two like moments or something like where where kind of um, someone would would talk about. I don't know. Someone could talk about. I've had a few coaches on mine. Like someone could talk about. Um, and I, I, actually, I can give you one example of. Mm. Um, and it was uh, I, I won't say his name, but it, it was a coach who. Um, uh, I, I kind of I got to know actually by by well I got to know him through someone else had him on as a guest and then kind of got to know him a bit better after that and he's a great coach and he's a really nice lad but he um, the reason and the kind of the reason I had him on was that he went through a whole thing of kind of coming through addiction and, mm-hmm. and breaking away from that and kind of then that was his motivation to become a coach and, and work with people which is great but when he when he did the episode with me um he uh, was talking about, or, or, or I was talking about um, the connection of kind of, you know, you went through that. I would have studied people like you doing doing criminology. I would have, mm-hmm. you're an example of someone we would have talked about as a kind of cohort of people, addicts and people who kind of, you know, in and out of the system maybe and on all this kind of stuff, like and people who, who need that kind of support and stuff. And um, I was like dancing around it a little bit. And I was said to him, I was like, I'm, I'm hesitant to say like, I, I went, I'm hesitant to say the J word, you know, for example, or whatever. He was like, junkie, just say it. It's grand. It doesn't matter. I was like, oh, okay. Cause I just wasn't sure how that would land with you. If I threw that at you, it might not sit well with you at all. And it might be like what you said there End call delete. I'm not doing this. That's why I did that, whatever. And he was just like, don't, don't, doesn't, doesn't matter. Like, yeah. who cares, man? Just say whatever you want. Just be like, just, you know, it doesn't, don't, don't let people kind of tell you, you should say this, you shouldn't say that, whatever. So it's kind of not strictly an example of, disagreeing no. with him on something but it's kind of like a, I guess it was kind of an example of like that's the opposite approach to what I would have had yeah but I get that as well you're not look you look and look, fully understand you're not trying to like offend the guest in, in any way yeah. um I, like and I've had certain instances where not not that but kind of where they've brought up something or you know someone that they really they're really into like you know whatever they read about or um you know, particular ideas and it's, it is hard for me not to kind of say something because people outside that know me well would say, you wouldn't be into that. Like, or why didn't you, you know, bring it up? The one, mm. one case I will, if it ever happens, if someone ever mentions, mentions flat earth, I will honestly, <laughs> there's no way I'm not going in on it. Cause that's ludicrous. But, but uh, th- there is, um, like that was a very subtle way that you did it. You're like, you, cause if he had said, Oh, we'll just leave it like not. I don't mean leave the podcast, but I mean if we just leave it at the J word, people can understand what that means without you having to say it. Whereas the fact that he brought it up or he said it for you, which was very considerate of him to to mm-hmm. kind of you know to bring it up as well. That's a that's the thing, and I I'm I'm hesitant not all the time, but some of the times to just not tackle some things. But I do go away from it. I don't know. I do go away from it sometimes, disappointed in myself for not saying well hang on i think that guy that you're bringing up there's a bit of a dick like or whatever like his ideas are nonsense or whatever that might be do you know I- i'm trying to like I'm, I'm sure this will come along for you and it's it's kind of an interesting way to keep stone because if someone said it to me in the gym for instance i'd go fire back straight away you know yeah well i think again like i think that comes back to confidence again like i mean what you're saying there being disappointed in yourself that you didn't do this this and this you know but like the episode and the podcast is yours. It doesn't belong to anybody yeah. else. It's how you want to 
direct it and how you want to if it's if it suits well and you feel like it's the kind of right thing to do appropriate thing to do to challenge someone on something you have to bear in mind as well like the, the guest you you are maybe going to challenge on something also is well capable of throwing mm-hmm. it back at you and defending yeah. themselves and saying well hold on no this is why i think this and whatever you know so that'd be a two-way thing and for me i i, I listen to a lot of podcasts that would make an interesting podcast yeah people challenging them as long as it doesn't break out into a fucking argument you'd have yeah. in public you know that, a, a, that's a, the a thing mature, a mature f- argument yeah yeah you know but i, um, I don't want it to i'd never want it to be like where it gets to the stage where you know effing blind each other and all of a sudden it's just like well we'll we'll just like cut the podcast because it could yeah. like you said it could lead down a road of a very interesting conversation of of ideas and why I don't necessarily agree with that and they don't necessarily agree with me. Like even, you know, if someone mentions like I'm that like if someone mentions a film because I'm quite, you know, I'm quite into films. Mm-hmm. Like and if someone mentions a bad film, I'm like biting my lip like because I don't I want to like say that's an atrocious film. But it's there. It's, you know, it's what they're into. It's, it, you know, and I just have to that's all in myself like and. Uh, just allowing people to have it's like the Garth Brooks thing, which is I do not understand. I'll never understand. You know, that's uh-huh. not my thing. But again, who am I to say what? Like four hundred thousand, whatever it might be, can't go and see if they don't want to see it. I just can't get my head around it. Um, and there's a lot of things like that in the world where I can't quite get my head around. Um, I wanted to ask you about this actually because this is uh, this is a, kind of a, of interest to me. I was talking to someone about it recently, and we talked about football at the start, but. The idea of, and I know you're a Manchester United fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I bite my tongue. I ah, know. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to people listening. Yeah, I apologise. <laughs> Should have apologised about. Look, I don't mind who people support, but I, I, I find it interesting about sport now, and I suppose football more, more so. Um, so when I was, and I've, I've said this in the podcast before. So I was going home one day, uh, with my brother after collecting the doll. I was around twenty six, I think. So I was about 14 years ago, right? 14, 15 years ago and going home. And I was wearing my Arsenal jersey. It was that horrible maroon and navy one. But so I was yeah. I was in the car, I was wearing that. And I saw a guy who might have been maybe 50 around that, wearing a full Chelsea tracksuit. And I thought to myself, right, that's not going to be me, right? So literally went home, took all my Arsenal jerseys, put them in a bag and gave them to the their clothes charity, you know, in the bl- in the bins. And because I didn't, I, I, don't, I don't know what it was. It was, a, it was a reaction. It wasn't nothing to do with the team he supported or anything, by the way. But it, it was a reaction to kind of the whole idea of me being covered in an Ars- in Arsenal gear and, you know, stuff like this. And I, I kind of, I still checked the score. Like we were chatting just before we came on. Like I checked the who Arsenal, the team that they were playing today. And, you know, and I still watch them if they're on. And, and But I don't care anymore. I don't have that, like, you know, if they win... You know, you know yourself that everybody knows it's a fleeting feeling that goes away. Uh, yeah. If they lose, it used to mean a lot more to me. I don't care now if they lose. You know, it's like, you know, what about it? I, I like talking about it sometimes. Do you like, and you're younger than me now, but do you have that in, in football? Do you still like, from when you were young, because obviously you were so into a young, were, do you still have that kind of, do you still care about the win and losing or is it just more of a, like a kind of a, a passing hobby at this stage? Yeah, do you know it's it's funny. Um, I, I definitely was. I definitely cared more about it when I was younger, like watching it and and, and the results and stuff. I remember vividly as anything uh, being t- thirteen, watching United you know, win the Champions League because mm. I was only four when in the in ninety nine for the travel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't have any memories of that. Like so, 
Um, so so Moscow 2008 was the was that was the one for me like senior team in the Champions League at that age as a kid is like the best thing in the world. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> That's not why I brought that up. But, yeah, it's all right. but um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's different back then. I think to yeah. now, like I'm I'm just slightly over twice that age now. I'm 27 now, so it's it is different. Like and 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 also it's different because of the fact that United have been brutally bad for most of the last decade. Like so, um. But no, I, I was actually, I've, I've been talking to some of my friends before about this, where I've become, it's funny you brought that up, like, because I was only talking to someone about it recently. I've become very good over the last few years at separating um, the 90 minutes of watching the game myself from every everything, the whole rest of the day, the whole rest of the week. Um, and I know people who are, are quite bad. They, they, I mean, they they they'll say stuff like oh United lose and it just ruins your week. I'm like yeah. that's that's mental. It shouldn't ruin yeah. your week. It's mental. Like I'll give you Liverpool if it, if we lost to Liverpool. We got yeah, hammered yeah. by Liverpool <laughs> twice last season. I'll give you that. That's fair. I I can't stand Liverpool. Yeah. Anyone else? That's it's it's insane. Like it shouldn't be that bad for you. Like you know. So and equally then when they say like because I'll I'll flip it then I'll say well well if United win against whoever on Saturday does it does it make your week. And they kind of go, oh, well, yeah, no, it's good, like, whatever. I'm like, well, if it's ruining your week when they lose, it should make your week yeah. when they win. You can't, do you know what I mean? You can't, you said it's a fleeting moment. It is when 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 your team wins. But, I, but I've but i become good at, like, I watch the game. Yeah, you're 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 annoyed if they lose. You're happy if they win. You you find, you know, you, you, you and your friends analyze it afterwards, like experts for an hour or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I forget about it. I just move on and just, like, whatever, like, I'm... Again, some lads I know would be heartbroken if they miss a game. Whereas I'm like, well, no, I had something more important on. That's, exactly. I'll check the result and the highlights after. But like, um, so I just separated from kind of because I always, I always preferred playing. Like I always yeah. was more into playing football. Like I always just got more out of that. Like, I often, of, I wonder a bit though, Shane. I wonder, do is it partly to do with the, the decline of the team? Because I, you know, as an Arsenal fan, I was spoiled. You know, in my uh, in my school years, you know, ninety eight, I was sixteen. They won the double. You know, they won the first their their first Premier League, and then going through that, you know, eight year period where they really were unbelievable. They still united in their way, of course, but they even got to the Champions League final at one point. You know, and mm-hmm. but then I, I I wonder what separates it, like if it is the decline of of Arsenal as a as a team. To um, I think they were always decent to watch, but not necessarily didn't have the kind of backbone to, to win anything significant after, you know, you know, 2010, whatever it might be. But then I, I, I wonder, cause I wanted to ask you, cause I knew you're a bit younger than me. Like, is that the case? Like, because at your age, I was, I was still like loving it, but I was starting to do what you're talking about. The separation of the 90 minutes and, and really kind of moving away from the fact that like, this is a club that's never heard of me. Like mm. I, I don't exist to Arsenal so why am I putting so much into it why did um, I only learn when I was 33 34 if Arsenal are losing 2-0 just turn the television off you mm-hmm. know I mean 2-0 with you know 10 minutes ago or, but uh, I'm not silly but you know that idea like you can you, if they're getting hammered and you're annoyed and it's like why sit there in and, and like kind of let it like bother you even more you know like it doesn't make any sense but we do it like and well, we might not do it anymore, but like I certainly did it, and I did it for an awful long time. Yeah, I will. I kind of it's it's funny being a supporter. It's it's, it's kind of a weird concept almost, mm. you know. But 
it's this just popped into my head. You like this? It's, it's been so into movies. Do you know the? Uh, you've, I'm sure you've seen um, a Bronx Tale. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know the part where? Um, oh, I forget his character's name in it, but Charles Palminteri mm. says to um, De Niro's son about like Mickey Mantle will never pay your rent. Like, yeah, that's what you're talking about there. Yeah, and it's true. Like, it's those clubs will never they'll never meet us. They'll never know us. They'll won't know anything about us. Um. So that so that's the thing you kind of you, you do need to have that perspective sometimes and, and and think why am I getting so into this you know yeah it, it's fun it's enjoyment it's a hobby it's a pastime it's exactly not, it shouldn't shouldn't dictate your life you know but and I'm not against jer- like again people wearing jerseys is fine that was just a reaction mm-hmm. that I had it doesn't mean that anybody else at that age should have it it's just a an observation I felt on that particular particular day if I hadn't seen the dude in the in the tracksuit like I I might have an Arsenal jersey on now. You know, it's mm. this is one of those moments where things all happen at once, and all of a sudden you've you've given all your Arsenal jerseys away to charity. You probably didn't want them anyway. Um, <laughs> they were crap at that point. But you know, it, it was that kind of idea, and I wanted to just kind of bring it up with you about about that. And I just remember this is this is a weird one for you, know, Shane. So uh, during the week, uh, I put up that you were coming on the the podcast, and uh, my friend Sinead, uh, who trains uh, in jujitsu uh, with me, said, "Oh, ask him about neuroscience," and I completely forgot right this is not a joke i completely forgot about all this i was out running this morning and i remembered i got home and i forgot <laughs> so just remembered again um i don't had you studied neuroscience at some point oh well let's see my my coaching um diploma was was with neuroscience had neuroscience built into it right. so it's coaching with neuroscience it's and it's a of... fascinating subject that, that I only learned really about. I had Emma Cahill, who works over in in uh, university, um, was it Bristol University, uh, and a fascinating conversation about neuroscience. And again, I was out of the comfort zone in that conversation because it, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I knew a tiny little bit, but not enough. But it's a it's such a huge. It's obviously it's a vast subject that I didn't have a, a grip on. So that was part of your your uh, study. Yeah, it was, and and it's it's kind of a it's a nice sort of. Um... Um, attachment or, or kind of um, accompaniment to, to coaching. Yeah. It kind of, uh, you know, our, our, again, our facilitators feel us full of confidence sending us out as, as graduates going, you guys are, are different to a lot of, or well, well, different to a lot of coaches, but, but at, at a more advanced stage mm-hmm. to, to a lot of kind of general coaches because you've got neuroscience now, you know, which was basically because a lot of the practice coaching we did and a lot of the studying and stuff we did was understanding a bit about the science of the brain and like what how your thoughts affect your behavior and how you you can kind of learn to control your nervous system we were talking about being nervous before with guests and stuff like that controlling your nervous system with like kind of touching on breath work and stuff like that um you know because again i would have thought before like well you're nervous you're nervous what can you do about it you just have to get the thing out of the way and that's it no you can manage your nervous system mm-hmm. and you can kind of you know, we did stuff about leaning into fear. Like, um, again, it could be with getting a guest on the podcast or it could be whatever, even sitting down with a client, a little bit of fear. But that's what I mean when I said a little bit of fear is good because you lean into it, you realize I'm actually quite good at this or this is actually not as nearly as bad as I thought because the idea of something is always a lot worse than the reality of it. <laughs> but like, it, it sounds like a subject that if I got into it, neuroscience, um, 
I'd, I'd try to attach to everything I did. And that, that would be, that, I'm not saying that would be a bad thing, but I think because of the OCD and stuff, and maybe it would probably help OCD as well. But, but that idea that, um, I think I just throw it in with everything and just kind of go, so how does the neuroscience part of my brain, uh, figure that one out? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's gone, I haven't gone through that and, and knowing a bit about it, like it does make you aware, more aware of your thoughts, like more kind of going through that, um, coaching and everything and kind of you know after the breakup and all that kind of stuff like it's just like getting a window into my own thoughts like and how to they were so bad and so negative at times like and but now you're you're more kind of aware of that and you're more kind of aware of how to stop those at the root or stop them early or you know not go down this big downward spiral of negative thoughts because again before i would have thought what's well, what can i do about that it's happening that's yeah it's out of my control no of course it's in your control it's they're your thoughts like they're you know not that you are your thoughts but you know they're they're you can stop them coming into your mind or 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 stop them early and kind of you don't have to listen to them or pay attention to them you know and replace them with good better thoughts um so you're just giving yourself that power like and just kind of um and yeah no it's it's kind of yeah you can like you would you were saying with neuroscience as a coach now you can take a coaching approach to to everything you know mm-hmm. um not to united unfortunately you know but <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> out of your reach yeah but but united are getting better thankfully lately. yeah but, yeah well yeah they, but, they won their last game i can't remember who it was against but um so but what but i'm glad i hope sinead is all right with that um i apologize for getting to remember i'm forgetting i'm so bad at, at, at things like that because i need to write things down immediately and if i don't it's done but apart from then uh, shane apart from like you know the life coaching the podcast and, and football which is enough to be getting on with i suppose but like what what do you like to do to kind of relax kind of a mindfulness thing yeah well uh, reading is a big one mm-hmm. reading is, is is massive so one of my one of my friends who's a coach as well said to me recently uh he described me as a man who eats books yeah nice which, which was a uh, kind of a nice um description you know and yeah a compliment really yeah, yeah. yeah you know and because i was i was sent telling him um that I had got to, this is two, three weeks ago, I think I got to, to book number 21 of the year. And that will sound incredibly sad to some people counting the amount of books you read, but, but it's, doesn't but everybody of, do that? Well, that's, that's a way of pushing myself, you know, could, yeah. I, could I do more than last year or how many can I get done? But, but then you kind of, not, not for the sake of just tearing through loads of books and skimming through pages and not properly reading them, you know? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big, um, pastime it's kind of a big um, after all the chaos and you know running around and everything you're doing it's kind of nice to just sit down I find and, and just kind of get into a book like and, and going back to when I was younger actually you know talking about like childhood and stuff that was actually that was always a thing actually I'm glad like um, mom and dad and, and more so mom because mom is big into reading and, and Shakespeare and, and all that kind of stuff like um, I'm glad that she kind of put us on to it like a, when we were kids like because I've kept up reading as a, as a good uh hobby and something that if I wasn't doing it I would find a difference like in myself in yeah. my mindset and stuff like that you know and what are we talking are we talking like uh fiction non-fiction mixture a mixture of both yeah. yeah um used to be always fiction until till I became a coach really and yeah. or started a bit to study it and, and started to read um some books to, to like as part of the course that, that you had to read and then that was like these are kind of quite interesting or you know and started to read more books then like that where um 
I don't know if you know Ryan Holiday. He writes a lot about stoicism. No. Um, yeah, he's a very good author. He writes about like, you know, the ancient Greeks and, and stoicism and how much, how relevant it is today. Like, and, and you know, how Marcus Aurelius's thoughts that he wrote down are, can be relevant to you today in 2022, which is mad, but it's, they're very good. Like, and um, so books like that, but also still fiction. Like I still kind of keep up with fiction. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually reading um, a Cormac McCarthy book at the moment. I don't know if you know him. Oh, he's unbelievable. He wrote, yeah, he wrote the book on uh, Country for Old Men, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, I'm reading another one of his books now at the minute. So, uh, so that would be the kind of the fiction side of it, like where. Which book? Which uh, book are you reading at the minute? Uh, Blood this... Meridian. Oh God, that's dark, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm about a hundred pages into it. Yeah, you can see how dark it is and how dark it's going to be. I, I like, I love Cormac McCarthy. I've got, I've read all his books. I have all his books, and I'm, I just think he's one of the greatest writers ever. But there's a book. The, have you read Sutri? I think that's how you pronounce it. S T S U T T R E E. That's one of his ones. That is unbelievable and i never see people kind of talk about the road and no good for all men and because i suppose because when if when books are made into films they'd be kind of become the kind of staples of that mm-hmm. um of the writer but but i would say blood meridian they probably couldn't make into a film uh but uh <laughs> but but uh sutri when you get a chance jane it's a oh i i absolutely love it yeah i have i've um i don't know too much about him now um mm. The only other book I've read of his is No Country for Old Men. My older brother likes him a lot. He's got um, a good few of his books, I think. Um, he's kind of at me to get, to get more into him. He, get, yeah. he loaned me, he loaned me Bob Meridian. Was like he put it in my hands. He was like, read that. Yeah, so, and uh, he's right. He's right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. But I I I found myself now. Uh, I think in my twenties it was kind of just fiction, but I I tended mm-hmm. to kind of move away from it a little bit. Now I've still got I've got kind of fiction on the go, but I tend to have one of each on the go. But I think nonfiction has become very I don't know. I've seemed to read that a lot more now, and I and I'm finding now, I'm doing that silly thing where I'm asking a guest to come on, and they'll say yeah, and then I realise I've got like a week to read two of their books or something like that, you know. And you're all of a sudden like, Jesus, give yourself a bit of time. So, and you don't want to race through it. Like you want to give it the time, the time those books deserve, like because of what mm-hmm. the writer has put into them. But I do find it fascinating talking to people who have written, you know, nonfiction books that about. I had I had someone on about talking about fear and 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 I'm still not quite sure of that episode or or even of of her ideas, but it was an interesting conversation nonetheless. You know, a challenging one. So yeah, all good. I think, <laughs> but you know, I think like I think it, my approach to that, if it was me, and I had and I I, I kind of set myself up that way where I said the guests agreed to come on and they they had a book out and I only had a week to read it i would probably read like a chapter of it to get an idea of it mm. and, and read the thing on the back and be like yeah, yeah. i don't need to you know i don't need to know the whole internet of it i'll ask them about writing the book the process of that the idea for it all that kind of stuff and then i'll mention like something of the chapter i read just yeah, to show well, I read some of it and then it's a know, better it, look it's a much clever approach but my ocd ocd demands that i read the book and it's yeah. like you're not getting away with this you have to do it but in saying that i've read some amazing books because of it that i may not have come across you know fiction and non-fiction and, and i'm i've been looking and i've got like well touch wood and all that that i have a couple of authors coming up who've written brilliant books that i'm in the middle of reading and i've just read and uh you know i i i like talking to authors i like i like the idea of um 
how much the creative process helps with mental health. It's a, you know, you, you chat about short stories. I've written short stories and I know how it like, as same as you, I might just write it for myself. I might sh- never show anyone. I might show it to two people. It doesn't matter. It's the, the process of it that helps me an awful lot with it. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and journaling is the same for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you were talking, you asked about like kind of habits or mindfulness earlier. Um, reading like i said but journaling is a big one as well mm-hmm. that's been that's been really helpful that i think people are probably getting more and more into now as well with yeah. like like um same as reading non-fiction books you know um and yeah there's something about just kind of going into your room and just kind of the, the kind of piece of it and just and just kind of writing in your journal and because you don't really i was talking about your thoughts earlier or whatever or you could be negative or whatever you don't realize the kind of power they have over you or you don't even realize maybe what you're thinking at times until you write it down and kind of elaborate on it and you go jesus is that what i was thinking or is, oh that's why i was thinking this or you know you start to kind of connect the dots like um but yeah that's a process like that's a that's a just kind of a a freeing kind of process or, or exercise you know are you able to um meditate or do you are you into that yeah i've talked about that a fair bit on, yeah. on my own podcast like I've, I've done it um I don't, I kind of I, I used to fucking berate myself for for not doing it extremely consistently, mm-hmm. exact same time every morning or every night. I don't really know why. I think I thought if I don't do it incredibly consistently, then I won't do it. Yeah. But then I started to find like that. You know, I do it say Monday to Saturday, six days in a row. I I miss it Sunday because I'm hungover or something, and I go all right. Well, that's it. You, you don't meditate anymore. You missed it. You missed the day, which is mental to kind of yeah. be, be telling yourself that but so then i find just kind of do it for the kind of enjoyment of it almost i feel like meditating today i'll do it don't yeah. really feel like meditating today or i was too busy but that's fine you know so then you kind of enjoy it more you know so but there will be days where i feel like i think i need to do it today just yeah it's a such a let i can't do it it's really upsetting <laughs> but like it's such a leveling thing for people and so it seems such a nice you know, a, a nice way to spend 10, 15 minutes. Well, it should be a nice way if it's, if mm. it's, it's like going for a run. If it's a negative run, it's, it's, a, it can be a bit of a pain, but you know, um, getting into that headspace, if you can, it's, it's so important. And I've talked to so many people about it and I still haven't, uh, I talk to, I talk about it as if I know about it. Yeah. I can't do it. It's, I'm a hypocrite at the highest level. But, um, Shane, where can people find you, first of all, and where can they find the podcast? Uh, the podcast is on the kind of main platform, Spotify, Apple. Um, and so I have, uh, I have two pages on Instagram. There, Instagram is the main kind of uh, social media thing I use. So um, I have a page for the podcast itself where I po- you know, post about guests and stuff like that. Um, it changes key podcast. Mm-hmm. And then my own kind of um, page, uh, Shane underscore Connity underscore, um, where I talk about coaching and talk about kind of, I suppose I guess that that'd be more kind of personal stuff sometimes or whatever, yeah. you know, but, um, but I have a link in the bio of my podcast page where people will find on that website, um, all, all the episodes of the podcast, the newsletter I do as well. And then there's some kind of videos, kind of bonus content as well. That sounds way more professional than my setup. Uh, <laughs> but, but listen, everybody, let go go to uh, change the ski podcast and, and check it out because some fascinating uh, conversations on there. Um, Shane, you've been a, a pleasure having on this Sunday morning. Thanks a lot, Derek. It's very nice to to chat with you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it fully. Um, listen, stay with me for a minute if you wouldn't mind. I'll just close yeah. it out. We'll take a quick photo and then we'll go watch Arsenal lose. All right.
<laughs> oh, please, it's you. Okay. Thank you very much to John for all the tech stuff that he does for me. Um, I always thank my mum and dad, granddad, Jaron Calvin for what they've done uh, on the podcast and outside the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you would. Uh, we're on Instagram. Also, go find Shane and uh, Change is Key. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, where I kind of post sporadically. Like, you kind of stay out of that sewer a little bit. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Anchor, Google Podcasts, um, etc. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and once again, thanks, Shane. Thanks a lot, Eric. And we will all see you uh, next week. Take care, everyone. Bye.